Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to another Top 10 Debate. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to talk about times wrestlers abused their power on TV. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to talk about his article, 10 Times Wrestlers Abuse Their Power on TV. Uh, one person who's going to feature very heavily in this list, but we'll get to him in due course. But what was the catalyst for this list, Sidge? I simply like punching up. <laughs> I just like to punch up at people who deserve a little bit of pushback for just being dicks, basically. There's a big misunderstanding online of how to be a dick, right? Trust me, as a self-professed dickhead, there's a way to do it. Don't punch down at people who are well-meaning or a bit dumb. There are layers to this, Mm. right? You are absolutely allowed to punch back down into the head of a little foot-and-a-half mutant with eight eyes and, you know, green fingers. You can punch down at them if they try and swing a little uppercut with their spindly arms. But generally, just speak truth to power, if you want to put it pretentiously. Be excellent to each other, except to those who aren't excellent to you and who deserve to be knocked off their perch. I I had a bit of a... I was mad online about a few weeks ago and someone quite rightfully pointed out, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, nah, I could be doing better things with my time. But I decided to punch back. I'm not Gandhi. <laughs> you know, eyes are getting poked out everywhere in this digital hellscape of a world. If I'm going to get mine ripped out, I'm going to rip out someone who deserves it. And more often than not, that's Triple H. But as you've alluded to, we will get to him later. Look, part of my writing style, I can be confrontational. And I also like to think that I can be funny so I can apply what I'm good at to just punch up because sometimes it's deserved. Hmm. Let's start with one that genuinely hit home for me. It's one of the first examples of this where, you know, you're young, you're watching WWF and you're like, yeah, everyone can get it. Yeah, you're ugly, you're fat, you're whatever. You know, you just, you know, we all, we've all been there. I distinctly remember the boss, Mr. McMahon, going after Jim Ross and, and, you know, 
maybe it's me misremembering stuff and I've sort of rolled all of it from his stuff about his bloody Bell's palsy to 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 his Dr. Heine bollocks. Every time I saw that, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. And it, I mean, we talk about them writing for an audience of one when they write WWE. These were jokes that only entertained Vince, weren't they? Yeah, just horrible, mean-spirited stuff. What I try to do in my articles is if I present a preference, I'll try and substantiate it. Oh, there's a movement behind this. I'm not the only person who believes it. Oh, loads of people think this person is a dick, so-and-so. With Vince McMahon and Jim Ross, here's a little anecdotal thing that we can do on this kind of podcast, because it's a conversation, whereas I wouldn't dare say this on goddamn an article, because Mm. it's such a sort of not selfish thing but you know self-centered thing i would like just as a little tiny tangent disco inferno yesterday was like pandemic's over i are in a club and we haven't had a positive test in four weeks well it's not over then is it it's just you <laughs> happen to have been lucky enough to have that is so arrogant i'm speaking for america in the world ah oh, christ what he's all worrying about is pandemic's over look at how it has affected me and i'm the barometer of the world i piss off i tend not to do that right but here's the thing with jim ross right to this day, I don't know if you find it Willborn, but when you're with your old friends and you're more in the wrestling bubble and you still watch it, there's still like a big interest. Like if my friends always ask, oh, what's going on in pro wrestling? Mm, yeah. I haven't watched it since the Attitude Era, grew out of it, simply don't care anymore. But it's such an inherently fascinating business. We get up with the podcast, I don't really watch Raw anymore, but I still I'm interested mm-hmm. in finding out about it. Every time we meet up for a drink, with one specific set of friends. Um, I've got more than one. Too many factions. Um, there's always some Jim Ross impressions flying around. Like yeah. his famous calls from King of the Ring. Like sometimes when he was way too corny, but still endearing. The cell is a sentient. The cell is a demonic structure. Like they love all that. They <laughs> yeah. love the corny gravitas that Jim Ross could apply to something because he's an incredibly endearing man. One of my best friends in the whole world, Tompa, right? I am not just saying this in my capacity as a paid AEW show. I'm not, I swear to God. He was literally flicking the channels one night as someone who used to watch it in the Attitude Era and the odd WrestleMania after that. Landed on ITV4, thought, oh, what's this wrestling? I used to like it. And you heard Jim Ross's voice. And Jim Ross was such an authoritative, beloved legend, Mm. right, from his youth that he had the authority to keep Tompa's attention. So yeah. it must be legit in some way if Jim Ross is commentating on it. And he's now an AW super fan. Like he watches it religiously. He's like, he's literally been converted. So that is the power of Jim Ross, right? <laughs> what did Vince McMahon do to him? He bullied him and mocked him relentlessly, not just for being Southern, not just for being a little bit corny, not just for having the temerity to care too much at times, but he mocked him for like two incredibly debilitating afflictions that he had. He was so unfortunate to endure over his lifetime, his Bell's palsy and a colonoscopy. And he buried them both on TV in a mean-spirited way. It'd be difficult to make any of that funny, but Vince McMahon ensured that there was no chance of that happening with the Dr. Heine segment by like etching a Bell's palsy-esque expression over his face in 2012, years and years after people told him, don't do this, man. It's absolutely horrendous. And look, 
what's happened is that over the years, with every time Vince McMahon was just a mean-spirited dick, every time they told the audience to piss off, we'll push you where you want to push, what's happened is that WWE itself has turned heel. Mm. It is a nasty, mean-spirited organization that doesn't really cater to anybody else except Vince McMahon. The whole audience of one thing is very much true. It feels like it couldn't possibly be. But when you look at what that arsehole Vince McMahon did to Jim Ross over the years, then it rings true. He is the man, you know, we have to thank for, well, certainly I have to thank for getting me into wrestling. But as days go by, I'm like, oh, I wish it wasn't you who introduced me to wrestling. I really wish I didn't have this sort of, you know, uh, dedication to you. Because you're just awful. You're just a terrible person, really. Just, he's, he's done worse things than this as well. Like, yeah. Significantly, like, this is mean-spirited awfulness. Didn't, didn't Jim Ross do this when he was in, his, in the hospital as well? Yeah. Like, other, my sort of, I haven't actually corroborated that, but my impression, and I might be mistaken, is that, yes, it was... One of the most timely things Vince McMahon's ever done. And think <laughs> of how much the priorities are all over the place there. Uh, from one boss to another, let's talk about Jeff Jarrett. Yes, let's talk about Jeff Jarrett. Like, Jeff Jarrett was so painfully Jeff Jarrett. And I should caveat this right by saying he's an easy guy to mock. And this has become a little bit more difficult in light of recent revelations. Have you heard his podcast? I've listened to bits of it, yeah. He just comes across as such an incredibly sympathetic, mm. um, just candid figure that is just in such stark contrast to what kind of a corny he's been. Yeah, I remember, I remember interviewing him when he was going into the Hall of Fame and he, was just, he couldn't have been more accommodating with organising it all and just so laid back and easy with it. And it was one of those ones where I said it will take 10 minutes and it goes half an hour and there's no... No issues with it, and you know nothing was off limits. He, he he couldn't have been nicer, and his podcast is is doing even better than ours, which is an incredible achievement. So fair play. Well, we're two, and he's one. Legit. Yeah. Those are legit numbers, by the way. We're not just blowing smoke <laughs> up our own asses. So it is with a little bit of hesitation that mm. I bury Jeff Jarrett again. He's a pro wrestling survivor. He's had some horrible things happen to him in his life that are so much more important than these petty pro wrestling takes. But insofar as petty pro wrestling takes go, Jeff Jarrett almost single-handedly forming and then ruining the idea, much less the actual alternative that was TNA. Oh, that's uh, that's a little bit depressing still. Like what happened was that there were very few people willing to finance a wrestling alternative. Like, why would you like put so much money into a pro wrestling company when the entire industry has been monopolized, when billionaire-backed competition fell by its sword, when the pro wrestling fan is perceived by wider society as a moron, a low-income moron, which is why prior to the rise of AEW that no one decided to sink money into it. All I'm, what I'm getting at here is that it was very difficult to convince people to back financially a wrestling alternative. And when that actually happened, 
it was almost immediately stigmatized as, oh, don't know how this is possible, but they've done another WCW. <laughs> like there's Jeff Jarrett running riot with his ego, Vince Russo penning this absolute brain melting narrative. How <laughs> on earth has someone decided, you know, that um, model that died just disastrously in just comedic fashion, do that again? <laughs> like my genuinely the, the toxic perception of apologies Jarrett, Jarrett coming for you it's Jarrett I, I do like you Jeff honestly I do um, but just not as a main eventer and mm. that was the problem people were bang into Jeff Jarrett as a 95 mid-carder and a 99 mid-carder like he just didn't have it as a main eventer and yet he imposed the fact that no actually I do I'm going to prove it all over TNA TV, like my, like the toxic brand was so stigmatized as being a toxic brand that, you know, when you get like a word of mouth and hear about something and your first impression of it shapes what you think or might think of something. Mm. I remember legit the young books were, oh, they're the tag team that everybody hates. Oh, should I hate them too? Everyone thinks they're crap. And then you realize, oh, hang on. They're just so great at being heels that that's they've created this aura around them. TNA through Jeff Jarrett just beating everyone. Triple J, as they used to call them back in the forum days. My first entry point into this new TNA thing, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a Jeff Jarrett vanity vehicle that's got the worst booking since WCW. Um, there are stars and they are worth watching, but Jeff Jarrett is just going to beat a Monty Brown or whatever. Don't watch it. It's... TNA failed to remove that stigma for years and years and years. And it was because Jeff Jarrett, God damn it, abused his power on TV. Before we get to the real worst offenders, I just, just want to stop off because I quite enjoyed this one. All these rest of the ones I'm reading in this, you can read the whole of them at whatculture.com, of course. The rest of them, oh God, yeah, that's terrible. And then like Brock Lesnar mugs off Braun Strowman. I was like, eh, I'm kind of on board with this one, if I'm honest. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Now, you wouldn't really mind to see it, but it's it's always a challenge when you're trying to like take people back to a different headspace. Mm, yeah, but like, I don't think anyone's born in 2018 listening to this podcast. It's hard to remember now, but Strowman was red hot in 2017. Mm. He'd had this match against Roman Reigns at Fastlane that was so good such a big beefy blockbuster that was kind of awesome in the strictest definition because they were doing things that you did not expect WWE guys of that promotion of that proportion in that promotion doing it was a phenomenal phenomenal horse match and then they didn't do much with him at WrestleMania and people were like well he's the guy like Roman's not the guy like this Roman fella's the guy and then throughout 2017 um he was just doing these awesome stunts and they were just ridiculous he reduced you to the headspace of a child watching him because he was just this fun, larger-than-life guy who somehow hadn't yet succumbed to the WWE comedy route, which obviously ate him up in the end. And he was just great, great episodic TV. And that's so hard now in WWE because they can't book. And yet they'd found this character, right, who was great in the ring at his specific style, he was believable. He was just cartoonish enough that I didn't yet feel dumb. And he did these ridiculous backstage set pieces that made you want to watch what he did next week. 
Mm. How can you, how often do you say that about a WWE guy in this modern era? And then Brock Lesnar just listlessly beat him in about seven minutes without really expressing the idea of, oh, he's big and I'm in trouble. Just a total through the motions match at No Mercy 2017. Total disaster. It, oh, it pretty much definitively killed Strowman at that point. And Brock Lesnar, I think, did it because he's very selectively motivated. Mm. Yes. There are guys he thinks that, because apparently Brock Lesnar loves wrestling. He's just one of the guys who absolutely isn't a mark for it. And there's a key difference. The upshot of that is when he isn't a complete mark for this, when he realizes I don't have to do anything much, I'll still get paid and I'll still have Vince offering me yet more money the next time I pretend that I'm not bothered about it anymore. And I just think with, for whatever reason, he didn't see the hype in Strowman and thought, I just shrug my shoulders through this match and just not resell it as a big main event. It's a shame. And it's one of those with WWE is so bad <laughs> right, that they have contrived to destroy the very notion of what is an idiom or a truism. How the cream rises to the top, you know, if you're great, you can endure a bad booking, you can endure the politics, and you in the end will be undeniable. Who knows anymore? Because WWE is so broken. Like, who the hell knows if the old truisms and adages are, in fact, true anymore? Poor Strowman. But, you know, he was a dickhead to independent, independent wrestlers during the pandemic, so who cares? <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Now, this wouldn't be a list of uh, wrestlers abusing their power without a mention, of course, of one Hulk Hogan. Uh, I like the fact that this entry is just Hulk Hogan, brackets, general. <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan, brackets, general. Um, but then I did specify, honestly, one of my favourite moments in pro wrestling. And by that, I mean, it's one of the objectively worst. In fact, 
probably the most objectively bad thing that's ever happened in pro wrestling, and yet it does very much embody so bad it's good. Um, Hulk Hogan, for younger listeners, you know who Hulk Hogan is. He's that racist arsehole who happened to be pro wrestling's most transformative and big star, at least in the past, in the post-TV age, at least. And he, at great expense, signed to WCW, who were just so in awe of him and his ability to potentially transform the company into the number one in North America. That I do what you want. And Hogan being Hogan went, works for me, brother. (laughs) Very little else did in fact work, brother, for Hulk Hogan. Proto Cena in WCW in the respect that more casual um, stateside viewers tuned in and bought the pay-per-views because he was a massive draw. Mm. Those local crowds just didn't give him WWF reactions at all. It's overstated. I didn't get booed out the building, but there was a certain mixed reaction Mm. to Hogan stuff, but he didn't care. He was Hulk Hogan. So he very, very definitively beat Ric Flair and positioned Ric Flair, who by 1992, Ric Flair was not as big a star as Hulk Hogan. But he was so great and he was so popular enough that you could have, and they didn't for another podcast's worth of reasons, <laughs> to Flair versus Hogan at WrestleMania 8. It would have been at the time a viable, the best from that territory versus the best from this territory. When they eventually went in the same territory, Hulk Hogan relegated him to B+. Hulk Hogan did virtually the same thing to Vader. This wasn't a sort of ensemble cast of stars in WCW. Hulk Hogan was it. He was, as I put in the article, the cause of and solution to the problems. He expanded that business. He generated the buy rates. He had enough pull and star power to convince Bischoff and the TV industry, right, let's go head to head. We've got Hogan. And then when they had Hogan and he was going head to head, he killed off Sting. There were, it's a layered story, but he did it. He dicked around. He was just an arsehole who completely and utterly ruined any chance that WCW could exist in some form without him. There's a butterfly effect or a sliding doors moment where Hulk Hogan doesn't sign. And maybe they got just Savage instead. Who knows how everything could have played out, but Hulk Hogan grew that business and he stagnated it. The absolute nadir of Hulk Hogan. Have you ever seen the Doomsday Cage match at Uncensored 96? I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it all the way through. I've definitely seen clips, but I... It's I, one of those, I, you've I, seen I clips. myself put the, the whole thing. It's one of those where when you sit down to watch it, it's at once, all oh, right, okay, this is funny. And then at the same time, it's like, oh, maybe it's not so bad, it's good. Maybe it's just bad. Yeah. You can't see anything. You're literally watching a corpse of an organisation just wheeze and grunt. And you can barely see it. The production's terrible. Ric Flair and on Anderson. Favourite analogy that I've made in the past is that they are the dweebs that you beat up at the start of Streets of Rage. They're literally dressed like them. They're dressed like ninjas. They just get beat up in a cage. Two of like the best wrestlers and one amazing draw in particular are mm. just fodder. Savage and Hulk Hogan versus eight heels in a three-decker cage because Hogan thought, oh, this is the way to get me over. Like, as I put in the article, like, at this point, Hulk, Hulkamania was dead. It was untenable. 
more people than not seem to just hate it. All of this is rendered true because they turned him heel, which was an unfathomable development because he was Hulk Hogan, but they had to because of stuff like this. And when confronted with the idea, like Hulk, you know, it's not it's not working anymore. The old magic's gone. Hulkamania's not there anymore. Like, how do we change it? He's like, what if, what if, what if I'm Hulk Hogan times four? What if I'm four times Hogan and I've got, in effect, one versus four people, two versus eight? What if instead of doing something different with Hulk Hogan, what if I'm the most Hulk Hogan that's ever been Hulk Hogan? Would that, <laughs> would that answer the Hulk Hogan problem? It's like, I'm not being funny. Like Hulk Hogan is a narcissist. He's not just this arrogant, like bad man of a politician who knew his worth. And obviously there's an argument to be made that you couldn't be doing jobs left, right, and center. Like I'm not an idiot. I'm not a message board dreamer. But at the same time, it was just, this is ridiculous. And this match and his pitch to do it, which was approved, like it medically diagnoses him as a narcissist. Like it just does. That's going to be studies in about 100 years' time about narcissism and, you know, how bad can a person be if they are being told to be that person by something they can't control yet? But for now, dickhead. Same thing. Now, normally when we do these, like I say, I do sort of five entries and I say, well, if you want to know more, read the entire article. And please do. Uh, Ten times wrestlers abuse their power on TV. But... I'm going to slightly ruin it for people here because there's a guy who features in this list far more often than Hulk Hogan. And he's arguably nowadays a level above what Hulk Hogan did because he's got such the history. We mentioned him at the start. It's Triple H. I mean, literally one, two, I'm including Degeneration X as part of obviously all this. Three, four, five, half the list. Literally half the list is Triple H. Have it out, Sige, because you ain't going to hear any arguments from me. Let's do a little five-minute rant before we close shop here. Um, Triple H, right, is every bit as bad as his reputation suggests. I've watched him for years and years and years and years and years. And I'm just... One of the reasons why I love so much the idea that Triple H... Half of his big, lengthy, epic WrestleMania main events have been met with complete and utter silence and boredom. He tried to cry on his way to retirement, and everyone's like, "Go on then." Not that, <laughs> there you not go. Bothered. I just—it's my most acute source of Schadenfreude because of what he was like for years and years and years and years and years. This is a guy who racially abused Booker T when he had creative control, brother in this ridiculous storyline that basically outed Triple H as a racist on screen. I'll caveat with us on screen just to, you know, libel, etc. One of the most mean-spirited, nonsensical, problematic moments in WWE history. He was at the center of it. He was at the core of it. That's the very worst thing he's done, and that should be prioritized. But beyond that, this is a guy who, right, as a babyface, no less... When he decided, I oh, fancy a pop tonight, or I've just lost a match and, you know, I should probably get my heat back, brother. He would just, at his choosing, and I didn't even mention this in the list, but this is just something else. 
just decided to up and kill some tag teams mm. by beating them in handicap matches. They go, no, well, how big is my cock? They've got two, and mine's still bigger than theirs put together. Jesus Christ. It's hard carrying this around. It really is. I'll sling it over my back because that's how big my dick is. There's a big dick, and it's not in front of your bowels, right? <laughs> this is a guy who, right, <clears throat> I've choose my words carefully. And I'm not going to use my own words at all to cover my back. And I'm not saying that Scott Steiner is the most credible guy, but Scott Steiner alleges that he was asked to do a drug test upon signing with WWE in 2002. Scott Steiner alleges, right, that he said, sure, I'll just go after Triple H. That'll be my turn. And then he alleges that after saying this, it was never mentioned again. <laughs> so those are Scott Steiner's on-record words, which are on record, and I did not say. Chris Masters had a body. Oh, God. You can infer was great because it was allegedly artificially inflated. Mm. When that body shrunk, because Chris Masters pissed Allegedly hot. Triple H. Just playing a rigged game. The rules don't apply to Triple H. Right. <laughs> Said to him on telly because there, were, there was some kind of book going on. Who's writing the book? There's someone writing a book and it fed into his promo here. I was speaking of books. When's your book out, Chris? And what's it called? How to lose 50 pounds in a week or in a month? It's like, oh, Triple H is saying that. <laughs> as I wrote in the article again trying to be a smart ass, but you know like not get myself into trouble the famously sender Triple H who broke ground in the industry to allow the likes of Zack Sabre Jr. to get in and be a star at his size and his frame he had the nerve to say this and it's just so consistent with the kind of egotistical performer he was it's such a small thing in retrospect. That's probably been overstated. But when he said to Kofi Kingston, matter of fact, I got a problem. Like trying to be this cool guy that he isn't. I got a question. No, nah, matter of fact, I got a problem. Like he's some kind of New York City cop. <laughs> he's a pretty cop and he is New York. But um, he said to Kofi Kingston, who of course was introduced in a really quite underplayed moment of racism. I just conflate to like ethnic backgrounds to inform his character. Ah, same yeah, look, sometimes there is trouble in paradise. It's, it's fair to say that. Indeed. Triple H said, Mara Feth got a problem. What happened to your accent? Aren't you supposed to be Jamaican? It's like, ha, ah, Triple H, he's, you see, he's on his own pedestal, you see. And it's so funny that this man's got power and can say these things and the other guys can't. How am I meant to laugh at this? Yeah. You're a dick. And Kofi Kingston, because... He can't say, I've got a question. If you have months and months of build towards your WrestleMania matches and loads of emotional, like theoretically emotionally investment and build, and you're so good, like, why does no one care? <laughs> he couldn't say that because the game's rigged and Triple H is the guy who gets the best controller. You know when you were younger? Yes. And you'd have like an N64 and you'd have the controller that came with the package. And then when you asked your parents, oh, I've got some mates around, I've got some extra controllers for N64, 
they go, I, I don't get the official one, get that one. And you'd have this like dusty stick <laughs> that you couldn't move GoldenEye around on, right? Or even Odd Job was crap because you had this stick that was just dust and it was crap third party controllers. That's what you give Kofi Kingston. Mm. And then I'm watching it in 2009 or whenever it was. And I'm thinking, uh, you can't help but look at these people that he decides to be a dick over and think, oh, you're a superstar. You're a superstar. They take seriously that I'm in turn going to take seriously. Impossible to think this. Killed tag teams. <laughs> Funny jokes. Aren't the powerful funny? It's anti, it's literally anti-comedy. It's the complete antithesis of comedy, what he tried to do on WWE TV screens for so many times. And I'll wrap it up with, because it just came to me, something else <laughs> that I didn't even include in the article. Remember that time when he would just kick uh, Wade Barrett the balls? Oh, yeah. He just kicked Wade Barrett the balls. Yeah, I'm just so hard. Your balls. That was big as mine. I'm cool. Oh, kick your balls. Just why would just the most insecure man projecting his insecurities in the name of my apparent entertainment? How does any of that work? You know what? It didn't. It didn't because with Triple H at the forefront of all this, what the ratings do. (laughs) Like Finchie's shoes over the social club. He's so insecure. He's like, well, I've got to get my heat back against the team of male cheerleaders with the crap rebooting of Degeneration X. It's like, who's my man? cock. I'm going to cut him. <laughs> send him back to FCW or wherever it was. That was just so hard. Yeah, Vince man, he's like, cock. Vince man's gay. I shouldn't do that. No, I'm too much of an alpha male to do those disgusting things. Triple McCarthy. Piss off. Oh, well, at least he's going to put over legacy. Oh, no, 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 he didn't. He just didn't. What happened to them after that? I don't know. Yeah, bollocks to him. Uh, Cody Rhodes was um, basically, oh, you can be um, Rick Martel. Flip through the idea folder. Be Rick Martel. <laughs> and Ted, cool. you can be. I didn't get over. Your dad. Yeah. I come from money. I come from class. Oh, Christ. Jeez, how can Ben Roy exist? <laughs> you're not really, that stuff you're not really getting over, mate. Say, well, let's get you a hot broad on your arm, and then you'll get over. Cody Rhodes is great in that series. Honestly, we could do an entire podcast. We should have done 10 times. Triple H to abuse this power on TV. You could easily write that without okay, breaking it. breaking a sweat. Without breaking a sweat. <laughs> Um, I feel like there's a there's a ten more times wrestlers abuse their power on TV list incoming. But uh, go and read the original ten times wrestlers abuse their power on TV at whatculture.com and let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed, particularly Triple H. Send us more examples because there's plenty more out there at whatculture WWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. But once again, my thanks to the articles author, Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 